questions that should. Yeah. Greetings, and welcome to Remnant Speaks. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. Coach J, coming at you from Remnant Fellowship, that space where our mission and vision is to engage, nourish, restore, and equip young adults for Christian service. Just a little couple of housekeeping uh, notes. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns that you want to express, you can text me at 833-736-2851 and we'll try to address it in this particular uh, podcast or in the next up and coming one. You're invited to come gather with the Remnant every Sunday at 1045 a.m. and you can go to remnantatl.com um, or you can go to YouTube Live or you can go to Facebook Live on Sunday. Look for that notification over the last couple of weeks. We've been having difficulty, technical difficulties, but we're still doing what we need to do in order to come back to you. On last Tuesday's episode of Remnant Speaks, we had a conversation with Corey Johnson. Um, but the first conversation that got it all started was this guy right here. So what we're going to do now is we're going to invite him back to hear what he got to say. And this gentleman is none other than Josh Scandrick. But I had to get some help because I couldn't do it all by myself. So I went over and I grabbed one of my minister friends, and that's Minister Kenan Brinson. And now I'm going to let them two duck it out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to have a conversation and see if we can uh, better understand what's going on. Um, the topic that we're looking at, because what Remnant is and what Remnant Speaks is, it's just about dialogue. It's not about monologue. Monologue happens in your church settings. It happens when your parents are talking to you or your boss is talking to you and you don't get a chance to go back and forth. Um, because it may seem disrespectful or insubordinate. But at Remnant Speaks, we are going to have a dialogue. That means I'm not going to be the only one talking. We'll get the opportunity to have each one of us kind of kick it around, find out what we're talking about, and answer some of the questions. And it's okay if we don't answer the questions. That just gives us more time and more opportunity to dialogue. So with this in mind, I'm going to open up the floor and let these two fine gentlemen uh, introduce themselves and tell you um, what they want to tell you because it's a dialogue. Mr. Kendrick, tell them something. Well, I'm happy to be back once again, and um, I'm looking forward to it, you know. Uh, like you said, it's a dialogue, and there's always something that you can learn from a good dialogue, and that's all I have to really say. Uh, Minister Kenan Brinson, uh, the man of the cloth, you are the high intellectual one here with the theological background. 
Give us a little bit of what uh, who you are and where you're from and what you do. Uh, I am Keenan Brinson, originally from Savannah, Georgia. Uh, I am a student at uh, ITC, the Interdenominational Theological Center, Morehouse School of Religion, um, where I am receiving my MDiv. I am finally in my last year. Finally. <laughs> so I'm finally in my third year last year. Uh, and I also help out with Remnant Fellowship uh, with their youth and young adult ministry. Uh, and I could go down a, a whole list of stuff I do, but that's that's me. That's me. Okay. Well, you see, we got an extraordinary group of young men here. And this is what Remnant is about, trying to make sure that we have what you need in order to help you and to walk alongside with you. So we're going to cut away from all this now, and we're going to jump in feet first. Now, Josh came in two Sundays ago and started this whole idea about why young adults don't go to church. He's going to blame it on me, but I'm going to put it back on him because we went around the Marbury Bush talking about a whole lot of other stuff <laughs> until it got to the end, <laughs> until it got to the end of the YouTube, I mean, of the podcast, and then the question comes out, you know, why don't young adults go to church? So there's about four or five different reasons that I understand them to be uh, as I've done my research and as I've been talking to as many young adults as I can. And one of the reasons why is because the young adults feel that the people in the church are either judgmental, hyper-hypocritical, or definitely unauthentic. And so we started talking a little bit about that in the process. I've also come up with two more. So there's five things that we can discuss. I don't know if we're going to hit all five, but we're going to give it a shot. The other two is a lot of people don't think that the church is relevant anymore, um, that there's other things that they can do besides go to church. And the last one that I've been finding as of late has been the presentation of how God is offered to them and if they're willing to receive it. So out of those five categories, I'm going to be the antagonist, and these two are going to be the protagonist. They are going to try to help me understand why I shouldn't go to church or should go to church because I got all these good reasons that I keep hearing, so I'm going to kick it with these two young men to see if they can convince me to go to church. All right, so now, um, I'm going to throw this one out there, and then y'all tell me what you think. One of the problems I have with church is that you've got all these pastors running around here with these big cars, this lavish lifestyle, and all the congregational members, they got little small bang bang, chitty bang bang cars, they barely got enough food to eat, but then they're going to come to the church and give their money to the church, and what does the church give them back? So why should I go if I got to go through all of that? So some, y'all got an answer for me or, or what? You want to start, Josh? <laughs> I know Josh might be the, he I, might be the antagonist too. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I like a challenge, so let's see. Um, well, 
the the biggest reason that you should go, you should go for yourself. You shouldn't go for anyone else or um, what other. We all like, and I'm speaking in general here. We all like flashy things, nice things, whether it's clothes, shoes, whatever. And we all like money, but you can't get caught up and wrapped up on materialistic things because you can't take them with you. So even if there's minister or pastor, deacon, whoever has a flashy car, big house. Are you going to church to see what he had? Or are you going to church to receive the word that you well, When I go there, that's what he got and I'm giving him my money? So is that what it's coming to? Is I is I paying for that? <laughs> so my question my question to you is wherever we work, wherever we do anything at, wherever we uh get our paycheck from, let's say that, uh there's a CEO of that company. As a CEO of that company, there's somebody uh, that in the hierarchy is a, is a little bit above the others, right? Uh, and I, I promise you, I'm going to make sense. But, okay. but, right now. So, so, so you got, God above us all. Right, 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 right. Of course. We got, oh, God above us all. Cool. Right. So you got your CEO who makes more money, uh, who uh, is attributed to having more. Who, if, if you pull up uh, to, to your job and the CEO pulls up, you expect him to be in a Honda or do you expect him to be in a Benz? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, because every pastor I know, most pastors I know don't have flashy cars, but they have congregations uh, that, that, um, that have less than them. And I think what we, what we have to, what we what we have to do is we have to say, okay, well, the pastor or the deacon, whoever, like you said, it's not that we come for people anyway. But in the sense of hierarchy, uh, our CEO will have more than us. So our pastor is expected to have more than us. Why? Because in the black church, we are learned and we are taught to take care of what? The man or woman of God, right? We're taught that. We're taught to uh, take care of them. Give the prophet a drink of water and you will receive a prophet's reward. We we are taught to uh, make sure that our man or woman of God is taken care of. That does not mean that if they're taken care of, we can't be taken care of. Right? Well, who who going to take care of us then? So, so, we, so well, I well, think... God going to take care of us. So, no, no, no. I, so, I, think that, <laughs> I think that what we lost in the black church is the sense of community. Because we have to learn how to take care of one another. We have to learn how to take care of one another. We have to learn how to, how to build up one another. So my question would be to the pastor is, if you got this nice car, how did you obtain it? And how can you teach me how to do the same thing? Or, pastor, you got this nice house. What, what, how did you get your credit score to, to be able to obtain this nice house? And how can I get there? Oh, no, they, they, might say, they might say pray about it, I, I think. Well... Just to piggyback off that a little bit, I think it's more or less, yes, he may have this, he may have that, but overall, the main focus has to be on why are you going to church? Mm -hmm. Are you going to church to see what Sister Martha has on? Or are you going to church to see who has the biggest hat today? You have to go to church for the right reason. And if you're going, not saying that we don't want you to go to church. I'm saying that you should go for the right reason, of course. And if you're going solely with the intent and purpose to see what car the pastor's pulling up in today, that's not the right reason. Mm. Now, the church is supposed to take care of its members, the body of the church, the community, 
so on and so forth. So if your pastor is the only one that's progressing, that is a problem. That is, yeah. You know, so with that being said, there's a thin line there, and I don't want to cross it, but there's a very thin line. Oh, like you ain't crossed it before. Hey, I'm trying, <laughs> to, you know, I'm trying to stay on, these, on the right side of the line. Okay. So, you know, the pastor, his responsibility is to, to be the, the shepherd of the sheep, to take care of his flock. So if he's the only one that's being taken care of, then that's a problem. Okay. All right. I, I, think, I, I think I can understand that. But let me ask you all this. Okay, so we're at this church. We're taking care of this pastor, and the pastor doing what he can. And then I come to your church, and I don't really know your church. And I don't know what's going on with your church. So why y'all got to judge me before I even sit down? You know, I get the, I get the side eye. I get the... You know, and they started talking and wicking their head and looking at me all funny. So why they got to judge me when I first come into the place? How come I just can't come in and just sit down and try to understand what's going on? What's this judgment thing that I keep getting? Um, to, to speak to that, I believe that every church should have a core of love, of love, and of unconditional love. So the... Uh, initial entrance to a church or the initial uh, introduction to a church, I don't believe that people should, you know, look at you a certain way or whisper something to somebody else or make you feel uncomfortable in any type of way, right? Not saying that it doesn't happen. In some churches it does. But in that, I think in that, uh, when it does happen to you or if it does happen to someone when they feel uncomfortable in that church setting, then it's just like, going to your favorite Waffle House. If if the cook back there mess up your order, it's a thousand churches around every corner we live. If that church doesn't fit you or if that church makes you feel uncomfortable, you have the right to get up. But wait a minute, wait a minute. So, but, but doesn't that make me a church hopper then? I'm going from one church to the next church, and it seems like all the churches I go to, I, I don't like them because they seem like they don't like me. So how, so, how am so, I supposed to choose that? So all the churches seem like they don't like that? Yeah. All of them. At all of them. one. Well, in my input to that will simply be, you know, um, I'm going to leave this person nameless, but I'm going to say what I say to them all the time when they ask me or say that this person says this or that person says this. I mean, you got to look at it. People talk about Jesus people, you're going to be judged. It don't matter where you go. If they didn't accept Jesus. When they, right. And when they say first impression, what's, that's a judgment. Everything is a judgment. It just depends on how you handle it and how you deal with it. You know, so when you get that new job that you always wanted, when you get there, there's people that have been there. So they're going to judge you as the new person. So it's all about how you handle the situation and how you approach it and how you deal with it. And my input to you would be, hey, don't worry about them judging you. Once again, you're going here for the word. You're not going here for I'm going to keep saying, Sister Martha talking about you walking in <laughs> in your nightclub clothes. It don't matter, yeah. you know. You're going there for one purpose and one purpose only. That's to get what you need and to get closer to the Lord. I do Now, I do believe, um, as we were kind of talking earlier, I do believe that there are different levels to church or 
levels of spirituality when it comes to church uh, where we as the people who have been in church for a while the person who does walk in with maybe some ripped up jeans and a holy shirt or something you know we look at them a, a crazy way uh, but I think in our minds sometimes it's not judgment but it's uh, a sense of accountability um, but it all depends on what level that person is on um, to say that to say that well if you if you profess to be a Christian or if you profess to be this person who goes to church or, or whatever um, and of course this is past the initial um, uh, phase of going to a church but if you say I've been in church for such and such amount of time or I know this or I know that or whatever then for us it seems like well shouldn't you be this or shouldn't you know this or shouldn't you know that uh, so I think sometimes it is accountability that we turn into judgment I think there's a very thin line between accountability and judgment when it comes to church yeah but we can't always assume that because let's say that all three of us been going to church since we were little mm -hmm. we can't naturally assume that we're all going to be on the same level yeah, of course. spiritually yeah, of course. or of course. anything and who's to say that the person that walked in with the cut up jeans that that's all they had. Right, right. You know, so it's one of those things, yeah, you're going to initially look at anybody, any human, is going to initially look at someone and whether you say it's critiquing or whatever, mm -hmm. it's still a form of judgment. You're going to give them that initial judgment and then you should base it off of that person, that individual, their character, whatever, your interaction with them on where you proceed with it. You don't yeah, just take that initial and run with it. I guess, it would, be, I guess it would be weird, too, because back in the day when John the Baptist was walking around with, you know, eating wild honey yeah, and right. locusts okay. and, and had clothes, you know, cape on. So I guess, I guess yeah, judgment is going to be a part of it. Right. Um, so it sounds like that's something that I have to deal with, not something that I can control others in terms of what they do and what they think about me. I just have to think well, about what I'm also doing. be honest. When if a uh, the usher or someone come up to you and you know they give you the car say, Hey, how how did you enjoy service? Tell them that well I felt like, you know, y'all may have, you know, judged me because of the way I was dressed. Mm -hmm. Be honest with mm -hmm. them. Be upfront with them. You know, and, and I feel like that goes a long way because maybe next time if someone else come in this way they'll take a different approach. Mm -hmm. But sometimes people don't know that what they're doing yeah. is wrong or yeah. hurtful. Yeah. You know, so sometimes you have to take that extra step to tell them and, and bring it to their attention that, hey, I, you, this made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, see, now that's another thing too, though, Josh, because some of them folks in church, man, they unauthentic, man. They're they not for real, for real. They don't keep it 100. And then you tell them something and then they go all off like, they they bigger than holier than and they looking down and they like all that but then when they get back out on the yard it's a whole different story. So so what's with the unauthentic thing that we keep seeing? What's going on well, with that? You have to always remember the, the one of the biggest things about being a Christian is that no one is perfect. We all make mistakes. We all fall down and we all get back up. Nobody is ever gonna just walk that straight and narrow line. Everybody has made a mistake, stumbled, failed, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's that's the great part about being a Christian. 
you can make a mistake, but you have to identify when you made that mistake and proceed and don't consistently continue to make that same mistake. It's about working to perfection, to get more God-like instead of being yourself. <laughs> and at some point, nobody's perfect. I'm never saying nobody's perfect, but the thing about it is trying to work towards getting to that point. So, yeah. So you what, may see I Sister see. Martha at the liquor store buying liquor. <laughs> but guess what? Hey, were you what? Weren't you there too? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I think uh, I think when it comes to that conversation, uh, and when it, it speaks to a lot of what we're talking about, is transparency. Um, in the church, we have generational gaps where like young people don't want to be associated with churches because they feel like they're going to be judged. They feel like all of these problems we're breaking up. Exactly. And I think the, the, the number one thing in order to mesh this or to, to bridge this gap is transparency, is to be able to say, uh, and, and that's why I'm glad that I have mentors and I, be, I believe that all of us should have mentors that can easily say, hey, I can come to you and say, I messed up, I did this. And you can say, well, you know what? I've been there before. Right. Or, uh, you know what? I, I, I did that before. But instead, in churches, I think today, what we have is, oh, well, you shouldn't do that. Or you, that shouldn't have happened. Or you shouldn't allow that to happen. Instead of saying, well, uh, when, when you have the young lady who comes to church who just got pregnant out of wedlock and we're throwing rocks and stones at her and telling her she shouldn't have did this, she shouldn't have did that. When the mother of the church done had five kids out of wedlock. And instead of being transparent and saying, hey, baby, I was once there. I know how you feel. This is how I can help you. And I think once I think that will help bridge that gap of being transparent, just like the, the preacher who has the, the the flashy car or the, the, the nice clothes or whatever. We see Bishop T.D. Jakes now, but we don't realize that Bishop T.D. Jakes started in a storefront. Uh, but you have to be able to be transparent enough to say, this is where I come from. This is the bottom that God lifted me from. And if God could do this for me, I know God could do it for you. Okay, right. so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm feeling this just a little bit, but I, I'm not quite sure about this right, right now. Josh makes an interesting point that we're all uh, subject to mistakes. Mm -hmm. right? And I get that. But what I'm seeing now in the church is all the pastors and ministers with this moral misconduct. And I'm talking about from the high churches to the low churches, uh, large churches to the small churches. And then when they mess up, do we get rid of them? Or do we just say, that's okay, baby, we understand. So now, what's the deal with when the pastor does it? It's okay, we, we understand it when, when I do it. And I get that, but how come we don't really understand it when the pastor does it? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a. There's a lot of ways you can attack this. Question. Oh well, please attack it. Either <laughs> <way>. Just, <laughs> just, just <laughs> you know, the the first one, I'm gonna throw it out there. Okay. The first one is, who are we to cast judgment on him? That's the first one. Okay. I mean. You, you just clearly said that both of y'all were at the little store. Now, this guy messing up, and now you want to judge him, but you didn't want to judge this person. So that's one way to look at it. Now, the second way to look at it, naturally, they love the, the whole ministers, women or men of the cloth, at a higher standard. Mm -hmm. They naturally do it. Mm -hmm. 
You know, but we also have to remember they're still human. We're all born into this flesh. You know, so there's going to be trials and tribulations. Now, with that being said, I'm not saying that nothing should be done or there shouldn't be maybe a removal from can, that position. Can I get three strikes? What I will say uh, to piggyback on that, a lot of churches have a church board. You know, what if they're under whatever denomination, sometimes they have board members that that can convene and vote on whether to remove okay. or whatever. You know, but that's not a decision that you know that I would take upon so, myself. So so if it happens if it happens and the board gives grace and I'm in the church okay. and they don't like me, mm -hmm. should I leave? Well that's the person that's if, I don't, if I don't if I don't okay, like so it, to speak from to speak from the pastor's uh perspective or the minister's perspective, first of all, gifts come without repentance. So you're still gonna be gifted. You can mess up, you still be gifted. You you can you can you can mess up, but you'll still be able to preach. You'll still have that administrative role or whatever. That within you, whatever God has given you innate within you, you still gonna have it, right? So that's just like when we talk about people who sing for the world and not for the church. They they have a gift. They have a gift. Gifts come without repentance. So with that being said, when you have that pastor who messes up or slips up or anything like that, I think, like you said, we can't cast judgment. Um, but we have to figure out how to help them in a way and if we can help them. And then if if they do cast grace and we say, you know what, pastor, we love you. We uh we gonna we gonna keep you here, or it may be because we can't we don't have the time to find somebody else right now to replace, <laughs> to replace you. You know, yeah, I'm the lesser of two evils right. now. It could, it could be it could be you know we ain't got the time or the money to try to replace you right now, so we just gotta keep you. So in that sense, I think uh to take on the responsibility, we have to as as the minister as the pastor who did mess up, we have to say these people do have a right to kind of be disappointed with me. Right. Okay. They have a right. They have a right to be disappointed in me. They have a right to be disappointed in me. Uh, but we have to figure out, it was it them who we let put us on a higher pedestal? Or was it us that just put ourselves there? Uh, and I think when we figure that out and when, when we go into a situation, when we first walk into a church, when, if we put ourselves on that equal ground, which we're scared to do sometimes, if we say, look, I'm just like you. Uh, if we say, look, uh, you know, I, I, I put my pants on the same way you do. I walk the same way you do. I, I learned how to speak English the same way you did. I mean, if we put ourselves on that common level um, to say that I am the leader of this church, but that doesn't make me the boss of this church. We know God is ultimate, ultimately the boss and the leader or whatever. So I'm the leader of this church, but I'm the I'm just really the first amongst other leaders because all of us are leaders in our own right. All of us have different gifts and gifting in our own right. I just happen to be the first amongst all these other leaders. So I think once we are able to say uh, I'm not better than or I'm not more than the next person uh, and I'm still uh, capable of doing the same wrong things that they can do. Uh, but we have to put ourselves respectfully, respectfully, of course, on the same level as our congregants 
or whatever because we go into churches thinking that we're just the boss of everything. You get what I'm saying? And where it shouldn't be like that, where God calls us to be leaders of the people in our community to say that I'm no bigger or better than you, but God has placed me here to help you and to help all of us get closer to God. Right. You get what I'm saying? I get it. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Oh, go ahead, John. Well, go ahead. to answer this is your question is you would still have to make that decision at the end of the day, whether you chose to stay there. Yeah, that's on you. Or you chose to leave. But you have to remember, if this pastor is being, I guess, real, authentic, upfront with you all about it, is that the type of man that you would want? Or is that the type of man of the cloth you would want to lead y'all? Or would you want to take the risk of someone else that you may not be able to relate to? If you have one pastor here who can He's made mistakes. They're out there. They're in front of you. He's owned up to it. And he's ready to take whatever repercussions that may come with it. Or you have another one that says, I would never do that. You know, it's, it's one of those things. You're going to flip that coin. You know, you have to make that decision. I would rather have the one that says, hey, I made a mistake. I'm no, as you know, he said, I'm no better than you. I made mistakes. Here they are. You know, it's up to you. What you what you decide to do with it? From see, here. but see, this is what you're talking about now. Is we're talking about a level of spiritual maturity, which obviously you two have, but I ain't got there yet. <laughs> I, I I I ain't got that spiritual level of maturity. All I know is I hear about this Jesus guy, and y'all be talking about how well y'all doing, and then when I look around, I see y'all doing the same thing I'm doing. Now, when I do what I do, and I'm good at what I do, and I get what I get because I'm doing me, and then I get above all that, now you still want me to come and do what you say I should do when I done done the best I can do. I'm, I, I got my job. I got my money. I got, I got at least five zeros behind my one. And I'm doing good. I, you know, I can take vacation when I want to. Uh, I got all the clothes. I got my Jordans. I, you know, I'm good. So why do I need to come to church when I have everything I want and everything I need? Hmm. Why do you need? Because now it just it just seems irrelevant. It's uh, because coming to church is not about getting what you want or getting what you need. Uh, for me. And once, like you said, you you may not just you may not be there spiritually yet, but <laughs> but, but but as you learn, you learn that church is about me respecting my relationship with God. So it's not about oh let me get what I want, let me get what I need. It's about let me better this relationship with someone who takes care of me, who does this, who does that. My if if you're married. If you are in any type of relationship, the only way you get to know that person is by being with that person, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not about always what can I have from my wife or what can I get from her or what, what do I need from her. It's about who are you? Let me figure you out. 
Help me, help me to understand you more. And I think that's what church is supposed to be for us. It's supposed to be the gathering of believers that say, this is the God we believe in. This is the God we trust in. So, God, how do we edify, edify you? How do we edify you? How do we praise and worship you? Not to really receive, receive what you can give us, but to just have adoration for who you are. So I, all, whoa, 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 whoa. so I got all this. I got, I got, I got money. I got cars. I got clothes. I got a good health insurance plan. Amen. <laughs> I got a condo in uh, South Carolina, and I got a couple of condos in LA. Mm. Okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm good, bro. I'm saying I'm good. I don't see the relevance of me now having to have a relationship to get something from God because I'm doing it all on my own. I, hey, I can do this on my own. I'm good. Okay. So well, I, why, why did why, why come? Your exterior looks good, but how is your interior? That's a good way to put it. You know, and, and I was going to say... I got no problem with my interior. I got a six-figure salary. <laughs> that's that's it. You, you keep talking about it. I got, I got a six-figure salary. You know, <laughs> I'm going to say this, and, and I found out that a lot of people that have all those things that you say, they're still not happy. There's something that's missing out of their life. You can buy whatever you want to buy. You can go on whatever trip you want to go on. You can do all these wonderful things but you're still not happy. Something is still missing. It's something that you can't buy. So you can have all this stuff and still feel empty. We wonder why the the Kate Spades of the world kill themselves or, or commit suicide. We wonder why the millionaires uh, uh, the millionaires commit suicide. They got the money. They got the houses, they got the fame, everybody knows who they are. But like I said, the exterior looks great, but we never know what we're dealing with or what someone else is dealing with on the inside of them. So, like I said, going to church is not always, it's not about what I want or what I can get from God or what I need from God. Um, it's, it's about, uh, it's about how can I build a relationship to better myself? Internally, internally, you're doing good for yourself. I you got, got seven it. figures. You the man. I got cars. Oh no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I enjoyed this conversation very much this evening. So before I let y'all two go, I, I played the role of the antagonist so that we can kind of get a better understanding because these are some of the questions that are often. Uh, asked of the pastor in conversations that we basically have. Um, and, and I agree that most of this has to do with spiritual maturity and where you are theologically and what you've learned and what you know, what you don't know. Um, so because I understand uh, the depth of uh, your spiritual identity, let me ask you this. If you could change one thing about the church as it relates to young adults, what would that one thing be? If you could sum that up for us, and I'll take yours and then yours and then we'll close out. What's the one thing that you would change the church for young adults? 
the one thing that I would definitely change, it would have, it would definitely have to be just the inter, the interaction, the the way that I think a lot of it is the approach. You know, I don't, I don't feel like a lot of young people don't want to go to church, but that scrutiny, that judgment. So I think a lot of it is in the approach, you know, because a lot of ministers, they're not as, I'm not going to say understanding, but they're not as open to the thought that, hey, the way that you may be uh, praising the Lord or, or showing that you love the Lord isn't the way that we do it here. So that's unacceptable. But sometimes you have to open that box because the way that they praise the Lord here in Georgia isn't how they do it in Zimbabwe. But they're both still praising the Lord. So sometimes you have to open that box up. Gotcha. Um, to that question, I would say the one thing that I, I would change or I would try to do my best to help implement would have to be like we talked about earlier um, is not being afraid to be transparent. Just not don't, don't be afraid to be transparent. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, right? So if we never want to tell anyone the truths about where we come from, about where we are, about where, uh, how we're afraid of where we may be going, if we're never able to really tell that testimony, then we won't over we won't be overcomers. We can claim it, we can blab it, grab it, all we can say that all all day long. But we will never be overcomers, really, if we never be transparent with each other, uh, be tra be transparent with God. That's the first problem. We really feel like. Uh, we're too bad for, for God to love us or for God to this and for God to that. And then we then equate that with our relationships with other people. Um, so I think that we just cannot be afraid to be transparent, to say, this is where I've been. This is what I've done. This is what I'm dealing with right now. This is what I'm, you know, this is what I'm questioning even today um, to, to, to say, hey, I get where you are. I see where you are. How can I help you? You know, um, and I, I believe that once we're once we're not afraid to be transparent, to be one hundred with each other, to be real with each other, uh, I think a lot, a lot, a lot of the tensions between generations and the tensions with young adults and older people uh, will be cleared up. Will be cleared up if if my grandma can come to me and say, or if my granddad can come to me and say, hey. I tried a, this drug, that drug, and this drug, and it didn't work out for me. Then maybe that will stop me from trying this drug, that drug, wow. and then, you get what I'm saying? Right. You, know, you know, being transparent, being transparent, but instead we hide those secrets or we cover those secrets, and we cover them with what? We cover them with the nice car. Exactly. We cover it with the nice house. I got six figures. We, got we, we, cover, <laughs> we cover it with the nice clothes. We cover yeah. it with that. Yeah. And instead of saying, I started here. I was, I was once dirty, nasty, and disgusting. Mm -hmm. and, and as young people, that's what we're struggling with today. We're trying to figure out how not to be dirty, nasty, and disgusting. But everything around us is that way. So that's how y'all picture us to be. 
But instead of saying, oh, I was once your age, we always say, oh, I was once your age, I can tell you a few things. Well, tell me a few things. Help me, please. <laughs> tell me your story. Please help me. And, but I, I think we, we definitely have to be transparent. We got to be transparent. Right. We got to be. And I think that will clear up so much. It'll clear up so much. It'll clear up so much of the tension, so much of the, the, the hurt, the hate, the, the, you know, the notions of, I don't know why they don't like me. I don't know this. I don't know. You know, but I, I, I definitely think that if, if we are not afraid to be transparent, um, that, that is one thing that I would push. Right. I would push that. And definitely be honest. Yeah. Be no honest. No matter what. Be honest. Be if honest. you don't know, you don't just know. tell them you don't know. <laughs> because the younger generation, they don't forget what you tell them. Exactly. And then they're going to run and tell someone else what you said. Yep. It's a ch- it's a ripple effect. You know it's not going to be the same as what you said. So just be honest. Tell them the truth. You know, it is what it is. That's that's the best way to do it. Just be honest. Well, that's the end of our remnant speak for tonight. But what I'd like to leave you with is a thought. The reason why young adults don't go to church, you've heard just the tip of the iceberg. There's many more reasons because there's many more people. But I'd like for us all to think just for a moment when we were told to just taste and see that the Lord is good. Just taste, see. Oftentimes I think we believe that we're responsible for going and getting people to come to the church. But the word tells us that if Jesus, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men onto me. And all we wanna do as young adults, as Christian men and women, is just to invite them to come, taste and see that the Lord is good. This has been Remnant Speaks. I'm here with my main man, Josh Scandrit, and my Minister of the Year, Minister Kenan Brinson. We hope to have more dialogue and less monologue in the Tuesdays to come. Come see us again next Tuesday at 645. This has been Remnant Speak. I'll see you later. May God bless you. May God keep you. And may heaven smile upon you. Peace. So you got 22 comments on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, was, I was trying to go back to my phone and see, but I don't have no service down here. I was trying to see what they were saying. I was trying to see what folks were saying. Uh-uh. Let me see if I can find it. I already have no good service down here. Oh, man, I can't find it. Hey, you had some views, though. Right. Hey, you definitely had some people... We still on live. Oh, I'm glad we ain't say nothing crazy. Right. <laughs> hey, we just said we're gonna keep it real. Uh, we got a yes, amen. That's good. That leader is going to have to answer to God's correction. Right. Yeah. That's good, Pastor Jay. It is an inner peace that needs Jesus. Relationship over religion. Yes, sir. 
Right. Realness in the pulpit is very important. True that. Okay. All and right. That's only a few. <laughs> that's only ten, so there's eight that I can't see. Okay. Right all right. Well, those, those <laughs> so far they're good. <laughs> so far they good. But that was really good. That was really good. Okay, so it's uh, converting the meeting on Zoom. I don't know. Does it save on Facebook Live? It should. It should save. Sure. Yeah, it should. It should definitely save. Uh, once you hit, um, yeah, it should save. I'm trying to see if I can pull it up. Can you still see it? Um, yeah. Or is it still running live? It's saying that it's live now, but you know, down here. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's bad. We're thinking about uh, what is it? Direct wiring with the Ethernet oh, cord. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what. I don't know. Trying to do. I hope it saves. Yeah. Yeah, it saved. It saved. Got two hundred and five views. Already. Yeah. So. <laughs> Forty-three minute session, two hundred and five views. I'm trying to see. Yeah, I want to keep it to forty-five. You got um, four shares. 13 likes. I can't see the comments yet. Oh, Kyle liked it. Kyle Tibbs. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. He watched it. That's good. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 Listen, if they mess up, they got to answer God. Yeah, how that happen? That's the nice version of it. Right. <laughs> but you know they want to say a lot. Of I know that's right. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs>